This is Party on the Peninsulas, your weekly update on the people and policies leading Michigan, with Michigan Democratic Party Chair Lavora Barnes. Welcome back to Party on the Peninsulas. I'm Lavora Barnes. The word this week, next. You may remember that great TV show, The West Wing. In it, President Bartlett was always focused on moving forward. He regularly made clear he was ready for the next challenge with a simple phrase, Okay, what's next? We're preparing for what's next. A year-long campaign culminating in what will be the most important election in my lifetime. To set the stage, our Walt Sorg talked late last week with one of the pivotal leaders in determining what's next, Speaker of the House Joe Tate. Speaker of the House Joe Tate, so good to see you again, and thank you for joining the podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. We are going to focus, of course, on the future of the Michigan legislature. We're always looking forward, but we can't help but at least look back a little bit. The United States House of Representatives in 2023 managed to pass fewer than 30 laws. Seems like you did that in the first week. As you look back, are you amazed at what you were able to accomplish? Yes, I've been very proud of my caucus and the work we've been able to do. It's been a matter of putting people first. We wanted to ensure that we had policies and we did have policies and move policies that were going to impact the people of Michigan in a positive fashion. And we're going to continue to do that because that is our Northern star. How are we helping out the people of Michigan? So everything from generational tax cuts to expanding civil rights to gun violence reduction, those are the things that are going to help out the people of Michigan at the end of the day. Many of these initiatives you had to pass on a strictly party line vote. You've got an even narrower majority than the two speakers had in Washington, D.C. How did you and Majority Leader Brinks, who had the same problem in the Senate, manage to hold together two very diverse caucuses? I think we all came together. There there are a couple of reasons why. One is that members in the Democratic House Democratic Caucus wanted to come in and focus on good, impactful policy. And so we set that, that goal together. And, and really from the outset said there, there will be things where we have to be able to hang together. So really setting and all of us agreeing that at the end of the day, we wanted to govern and we had a collective mission around putting people first that really drove us to be able to pass this significant legislation with the thin margins that, that we had. And, and it showed that we could get things done. And so I've been really proud of the work of the caucus I'm a part of because it showed that everyone has their different experiences. They come from different backgrounds, but at the end of the day, we all have those democratic values that we hold to, hold dearly to, and we want to see those being played out in the policies that, that we pass. One thing that most people might not be aware of is that unlike the U.S. House of Representatives, To pass a bill, you need to get a majority of those elected and serving so that if somebody calls in sick even, that's effectively a no vote. You kept your caucus healthy too. Yes, we've been fortunate there as well too, whether it's illness or or other things that take place. We've been able to get everyone down to Lansing from their districts and 
get them to vote on this legislation. So it's huge for us to see all of the work the House Democrats have been doing. And as you mentioned, getting here is definitely half the battle. And then the other piece is making sure that we're all aligned on impactful legislation, which we've been able to do. Last year was your first year as Speaker of the House. I worked for a Speaker of the House many years ago, and I know for a fact how tough the job is. Did you reach out to any of your predecessors as you took the job to get some tips on how to make it work? Absolutely. The former leaders and speakers have definitely been gracious with their time just to talk to me about their experience and how they were able to get things done and what comes with the role of serving as speaker. And it was incredibly helpful just for me and really, I think, caring about the institution. I think those were the biggest takeaways from that. Understanding that time is precious. Last year, that definitely played out just with there's only so much time and space that we have to get things done. But I think first and foremost is just the appreciation of the institution and that we're only here for a short amount of time and just being able just to take care of the chamber and then pass good policy for Michiganders. Short-term prospects for this new year, you don't have a majority at this point because two of your members resigned after being elected mayors of their hometowns. What can get done in these first few weeks until those vacancies are filled? Are there bills high up on the agenda that can pass with bipartisan support? I think there are. I think there are. We're in the place right now where voters trust Democrats so much that they want them elected to local office as well, too. So that's what happened with our caucus members, two of our caucus members, and they're going off to to be executives in their respective cities. But I think there are real opportunities for us. Almost two-thirds of the legislation that we passed last year was bipartisan. There are a lot of opportunities to continue that bipartisanship. And for me, I'm not really changing my process. I'm still wanting to work across the aisle, find that bipartisan legislation. But in terms of what we've been able to do last year, I think I'm optimistic that we can find those spaces to where we can work together on. That's everything from looking at having a a budget that is supportive of all Michigan residents. That's something that we do every year, working through that process and really getting that to a great place in the first quarter of this year. Also looking at how we lowering costs for family. That should be something that we all agree on. I think that's something that I think that's always going to be a, a concern. Other areas like housing, we've made a lot of investments around that. And we've done a lot of policy work to build out those workforce housing units and to create more opportunities for home ownership for Michigan families. So I I think we can see that there are opportunities for us this year to work in a bipartisan fashion. I'm going to keep working to find that cooperation and we'll see what happens, but I'm optimistic. Have there been any substantive talks with Minority Leader Hall in the last few weeks? There has. So we've had some conversations just seeing what is on his and his caucus members' priorities and seeing where there's overlap. So we're going to see and continue to have that dialogue and see how we can work together. Our caucus and committee chairs are hard at work 
and they're hitting the ground running in terms of looking at and deliberating legislation. So the chamber is going to be active. We're going to be moving. Our members are going to be working no matter what, just to, to get that legislation ready and on the move because we know that's something that's required of us. And that's what our constituents want us to do. Speaker of the House, Joe Tate, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And here's to a great 2024. Great. Thanks for having me, Walt. That's our abbreviated report for this week. We'll return with a full podcast in seven days. I'm LaVora Barnes, and on behalf of the entire staff at your Michigan Democratic Party, we wish you and yours all the best for 2024. Paid for by the Michigan Democratic Party, 606 Townsend, Lansing, Michigan, 48933. When I ask what's next, it means I'm ready to move on to other things. So, what's next?